how to overcome the fear of change. As you know, change is something we cannot control. It's going to happen in our personal lives and in our business career. And it's how we react to it that really makes all the difference. And that's what we're going to be chatting about today. Thank you for listening in on our show called The Indie Parent. We are a podcast that airs every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on Blog Talk Radio. And you can also catch us on iTunes. It's myself, Amy Belgart, and Desiree Fawn, my sidekick. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello. And we are talking about change today. And I feel like this is a timely topic. We're in the beginning of November. The year is almost over. And when you think of the beginning of a new year, I always think of change. I'm sure you do too. Oh, totally. Yeah. But then there's changes that happen all throughout the year. And most of the time it's change that we never... It's never what we expect usually, or that we may have some warning and then it comes and it feels very uncomfortable. And it's not always fun. Sometimes it could be exciting, but sometimes it's not so exciting. So we're going to go through some notes that we have taken and kind of chat about that. So there are a lot of different changes that you're going to see in your life and in your business. Some of them that we're going to talk about today involve you know, the market that your business is in, the online space, the trends around that, things that you have to adapt to in your business online and offline, um, down to staffing and employees, hiring, firing, etc., moving people into different roles. Uh, then there's changes in the tools that you work with. Social media is always changing. We did that whole episode on Facebook. We know that it's changing all the time and we have to adapt to that. That's just something that we, we have to face. So things like social media, your work methods, your systems for working on different things. I know like in some of my blogging stuff, it's like I have a certain way that I do each thing that has evolved over time to, you know, either fit things that have come up that have changed how I have to do it or that have, you know, helped me you know, create systems that make it faster for me to do my work. So it's nice to um, to include that in sort of this realm of change because sometimes it's a good change that, you know, it helps you do something quicker or more effectively. We're also going to talk about changes that come with your income, with mm-hmm. payments, with cash flow and all of that because those, well, let's That's a honest. big one. That's those aren't always good changes, right? Those oh. are frustrating changes. Um, And then changes in personal relationships, health issues with your spouse, with your kids, with your friends. Um, These are all changes that can affect both your personal life and your business. And when you're an indie parent, I think those things are so intermingled that you can't really separate them when it comes to the big changes that happen in your life. Right, Uh, right. So, okay, which one should we tackle first? It's a lot to talk about. Just start at the top. You know, I'll start at the top. Okay. So like your marketplace or your space. So it, that could be, there's so many different types of indie parents. That could be so many different things. But it will always evolve. It will always change. And that could be part from social media. I mean, think about a few years back before social media and the internet was even a thing. Those people who had to make that adjustment, there's still people making that adjustment to just getting on Twitter or just getting online. And they have sadly probably have lost business because of that. I mean, there are still businesses that that I, like local businesses that I will go and visit 
their store and they still don't have a website. They still don't have a presence online. And so that is a, is a great example of a way that the marketplace and the trends and society has evolved, but the business hasn't followed. Now, saying that, we don't necessarily think that you should jump onto the new thing just right away because it might not be, you know, it's the smartest thing to do. But we think that you should be very mindful and pay attention to how your space is changing and evolving and and study it and see, does this make sense? Am I losing, will I get more customers? Will this enhance my customer experience? Will I be able to expand my client list or offer them more services? Um, it's just very smart to watch. One example of like, social media. When we when Desiree and I started our blogs seven years ago, there was like three platforms. There was like YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And you couldn't advertise businesses on Facebook. No. That wasn't a thing yet. No. And Twitter, we were like, I don't know even what is happening. I guess I'll use it. That's what everyone says I should do. So and then we look at and then I look at it now, seven years later, and there are dozens of platforms that it's almost overwhelming. And I know that as a business owner, all those new you know, resources and tools and everything that's evolved could be very overwhelming that um, you don't even know where to go and what to do. And so I say, you know, be very mindful of what those, what those are and see what your competitors are doing and how they're doing it. And don't replicate it, but use it as maybe new inspiration for how you can integrate that into your marketing practices or your business practices. Mm -hmm. It can be really harmful to chase that new shiny, yes. this, like shiny object syndrome. And we've both totally done it. You know, we find oh, yeah. things like, can I just take a moment to rant about Google Plus? Yeah. I know. Like, <laughs> and, you know, we all were told this is, you have to, you have mm -hmm. to, you have to. And now people are bailing and people hate it and people are like sorry google but that's the worst thing you ever made <laughs> it's like yeah i know and, and same, people same with me with snapchat i have not been yes. able to connect with snapchat but then some people love it and they use it as a business tool somehow and it works for them yeah. i don't we don't jump desiree and i don't jump on every single platform that's available i think that mm -hmm. that's a, actually a a, not a smart way to use your resources and your time mm -hmm. but find the ones that make the most sense just pay attention. I just say just be mindful and then you'll you'll know which ones will make the most sense for your business. But don't ignore it. That's yeah. I think that's where you can get in trouble if you you're we're a little scared of it. You don't you don't really want to take the time to learn it and so you kind of avoid it and then you miss out. Your business misses out on those potential customers and clients. Yeah. And certain niches are better suited to different social networks. Mm -hmm. If you're a recipe food blogger and you still don't think that Pinterest is for you, you might be wrong. You know, right, you should right. be. That's right. going to serve you better. But if you, you know, think that you should be on LinkedIn, but it doesn't fit for your niche, then you need to, you know, there's different different networks for different people. Um, I just read an awesome article from Ash Amberjay from the Middle Finger Project. And she was talking about how people feel like they have to jump on the new thing. And she's like, you know what? People talk a lot about video, but if you suck on video, it's going to hurt your business. Right. Go ahead and try it. But if it turns out that that is absolutely not your thing and you can't make it work for you, don't force yourself to no. do something you hate and suck at just because you think that it's the thing you should do. I mean, right. I think that Facebook on video is the way to go right now. Like, that's a big, big thing. 
But there are other ways that you can do that where it's not just you if that's not what you're good at. Right. And I think, yeah, if you end up on, you know, if you're on Instagram, but your Instagram photos are just terrible or you're, you know, copy pasting things that are just like it's cropped badly. It's not serving your business to be on mm-hmm. that. In fact, it's hurting it. It's hurting people it. see mm-hmm. that crappy representation of you. So I think that, again, what Amy said, be mindful about what you're hopping onto. Try it. If you love it, stick with it. Right now, I'm experimenting a lot with Periscope. Mm-hmm. I know people are using Periscope and Blab and Meerkat. And I wanted to get into that space and talk to people. And I freaking love it. Yeah. And I don't think that I'm awesome on video yet. Like, I'm trying. Mm-hmm. And I, it's been more of an experiment to see if I can get better at it, too. Yeah. And I think that it's going well. I've had good reaction from it. So I'm going to keep doing it. But if it got to a thing where every single day I went to go do it and I was like, "This, I, I hate this. Right, right. And I wouldn't do it anymore because why... Why would I bother? You know, if it's not serving my business and helping me. Right. And it frustrates me every single day. I'm not going to keep doing it. Exactly. And and so the, there are some things, too, that you can prepare your business for change. Mm-hmm. Um, some of some of those things that we that we kind of took notes on was hiring people who are forward thinking. I think that's smart if you, mm. you kind of need a flexible team that is okay with change and maybe can explore it some things for you. Like yeah. maybe you have someone that is really good at video, and so maybe they're exploring new ways to um, enhance your the business experience with that. Um, but not having people who are so scared about learning these new things and evolving is yeah. not going to help your business. You need people who can grow with you, especially yeah. in the sort of indie parent scope. We all have businesses which are probably fairly small. Right. And not small as in making small amounts of money, but small as in small amounts of people. Right. So you might be 10 people or less in your team. If those people are very stagnant and they're not the right fit, then, I mean, that leads into the next sort of change, which is how do you replace those people or let them go? Like, how do you let them go if they're not a great fit? Or how do you replace them if they've decided to move on? You know, it's this is could be difficult, especially if, you know, over the years I've had team members come be with me for a really long time. And then either I've had to let them go or they've moved on. I think there's a difference between somebody moving on and then having to let someone go. Mm-hmm. Because really, as a leader, I feel like that should the end game should be that your team moves on. It shouldn't be that they're always under you, that they're always working for your your ultimate baby and your ultimate dream. You want them to sort of fly away, and it's not easy. And, um, it, it, you know, it, it's still a huge change. But it's it's a good type of change, I think. Letting employees go could be very tricky. It could be a good thing for everyone involved, but it's as a leader, it's very, it's a very difficult emotional thing to do because you feel like you're hurting their family, that you're now not providing them an income. You know, all of those things go through your mind, and especially if you are a small business like most of us are, of just a few employees, it's it's you get to really know these people and you're close to them and many times you're friends with them and it's very difficult i don't even know if i have like great words of advice except for to um just it's something that's not a quick easy decision it's something that you have to really think about and ponder on and see are they really excelling at what they're what they're able to do mm-hmm. are they happy 
And are you ultimately helping them by not letting them still kind of just like, like you're carrying, you're dragging them along when yeah. really they, they may not know it fully, but they're not really happy either. And, um, you know, it's, I can't say it's an easy thing. Like, oh, it's just easy. You just, you know, make your decision and you let them go. And then it, it's, yeah. it's never easy. If you're heartless, it might be easy. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> but I think in a lot of situations where you'll find that if you have an employee that's really struggling or, you know, not doing well or not finishing mm-hmm. things or having a hard time, then probably they're trying to get out too. Yes. Like it's usually yes. not a surprise when yes. you let someone go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I either agree. they didn't know how to tell you. It's like the... Mm-hmm. You know, your high school boyfriend just, you know, just starts being a jerk because they want you to break it off because they don't want to break it off. Like, it's right, that, right? right. It's that. <laughs> and they might not even realize they're doing it. Right. But their performance sort of speaks for itself. And, and so they may not be in a good spot in their lives and not able to even perform for you. And they maybe they need a break from it. Or maybe this they needed the, the door to open to do something else. Yeah. So and I try to look at them. Like, yeah. talk to them and yes. see what it is that's going on. If suddenly yes. your best performer is churning out crap, yes, it's yes. probably not because they suddenly forgot how to do their job. It's yeah. probably because something else is happening. It's always that something is help- happening. And I think that as a good leader, you you don't let someone screw up. You know, someone screws up or doesn't do their best, and then you're like, well, sorry, I don't have time for that. I yeah. think a good leader would say, what, what can I do or what's going on? And maybe that means that they you you move them into a completely different position mm-hmm. and another thing you know as a leader and you know what now that i think about this would be a great show topic to just talk about being a leader of a team because mm-hmm. it's it's so there's so many different layers to it but um i think you have to really know the personalities of your team members because they will all be completely different and if you know their personalities and you know them you know how to lead them exactly and that is tricky and complicated. And a lot of leaders give their their employees personality tests so that they know how to lead them. And exactly. I have never done that. I've tried to just go with my gut and try to get to know them on a more personal level. But then that's also can be more difficult because I have a, a stronger attachment to them. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's not really an easy – it's not an easy process. It's part of – the uh, sacrifices you make as a leader is to make these really tough decisions. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes that means letting staff go, but, and it is a change. And then you have to then train someone new and find someone that can, you know, fulfill that, that spot in a good way. And then sometimes that's good. You know, sometimes then you find something, you know, or you, you, you connect with someone that you never would have connected with before had you not gone through that change. Exactly. So it's not a bad thing. It's just a hard, it could be hard. Also, if you have employees who are moving on to something else, not necessarily employees that you've had to fire for whatever reason, if you have new people coming in, ask the person who's leaving if they'd be open to a sort of a transition period to work the new people into your systems or to train them or to help them in some way to help that transition be a little bit easier because training new people sucks. Like it's hard to do, especially if yes. you're not doing that job yes. and maybe you know what needs to be done, but you don't know all the little nuances of how that person does it quickly or, you know, there are different systems that you don't need to know because someone's doing it, right? Right. Um, so it can be nice to have the older person sort of see the new people in 
mm-hmm. as they're going. And that can make it sort of easier for everyone. It's less stressful for you as the boss to have people do that. And really, it shouldn't, it doesn't have to be your job to train new people all the time. At least you can have like even a video training or something mm-hmm. to like a screen flow of here's how we go through the email. Here's how we place orders. You know, that yeah. you can have for always that can always, you know, mm-hmm. be passed down to people. Should you wind up in the hospital and can't do anything, exactly. and can't teach anyone, you know? I think that'd be very smart to have a video library or yeah. some kind of document or something that is all the training materials for all the positions in yeah. your in your company. So that just that, if say I wasn't around to train somebody, or um, just to save time for everyone moving forward, it's it's very smart. And it's a good reference, you it know. Is. I the new person doesn't have to ask you seven hundred mm-hmm. questions. It's in. The training material. Right, exactly. Awesome. Um, I know we kind of brushed on this earlier about tools and social media and work methods changing in the space. So whatever your career is, there's always going to be new tools, even if that means physical tools because you're a plumber. There's always going to be some change, some new widget, some new social media platform. There's always going to be these new things happening. And that's always good. Progress is good. We shouldn't be scared of it. Um, like Desiree said earlier, we shouldn't be distracted by it either and think, oh, I have to get every every new Apple product. I have to get it right away. You know, be mindful, but be intentional with why you are doing it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as we said earlier, if we don't, if we're not mindful and then we don't pay attention and we don't have a website and the internet's been around for 40 years, then maybe we've lost some customers. So that's another good reason. I just say, you know, as an overall theme, be okay with evolving Mm -hmm. as the world evolves, but don't be overwhelmed with it or think you have to do everything. Just really pay attention. Don't let it get in the way Mm -hmm. of you doing your business. Right. You know, um, my mom owns a small business and none of it is online. She Mm -hmm. doesn't have an email. She doesn't have a computer. She doesn't obviously have a website or a Facebook page. Yeah. And she deals with all of her clients over the phone and it drives me crazy (laughs) because I'm like, you could be a fleet of you and you can do this and this and this, but she doesn't want it. She wants to stay. Yeah. I I guess I would call her like a solopreneur. She wants to stay small because that's what she likes, but it's hard for me to see that and and be like, this can be so much bigger, but you like, you have no idea how, you know, a little bit of the the future would help you. Right. But then there's, you know, my grandmother who has embraced the online world Mm -hmm. and runs her whole business online, which is hilarious to think because she's more on, you know, team internet than my mother who (sighs) should be. (laughs) Right. Um, But yeah, some people just, it's a different changes for different businesses. Like for my mom, the changes come with, you know, where she's living, the seasons, those are the changes she has to deal with in her business. Whereas for people who do business online, it's a lot, it's a lot different. We could, I mean, if if you guys want to talk about Facebook change, we did that whole episode on Facebook. Yes. And, you know, I mean, it's it's in my head that probably that episode will be irrelevant in the next year. It because, probably will be. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, you're right. It probably will because be. Because it's changing and it wouldn't mm-hmm. have made sense three years ago mm-hmm. to do all the things that we are doing and seeing success with. So, But it's a good example of how people that use Facebook – 
for business have get so discouraged by the changes. Yeah. But the changes aren't going to stop. And yeah. if you aren't willing to like, you know, go and and evolve with with the changes and try to make whatever changes happen work for you, if you're not open to it, you're just you're not you're just hurting yourself. You you're really are. Nice. Yeah. Because it's always going to change. There's always there's, YouTube is going to be different. Everything's going to be different. Even the tools you use in on in plumbing, I'm sure will change. I'm just I'm assuming that plumbers get new tools that come out that make life easier. What do you think? Want to be a plumber? Did you know that? What? I used to want to be a plumber. Really? Like when I was in university, I was like, <laughs> if this philosophy degree don't ever get a philosophy degree, doesn't work out, I was like, I'm going to go to college and be a plumber that was my my backup wow that's, i don't know why i never knew that i just thought it would be really cool so if there's any plumbers out there i, w- I would love to hear from you <laughs> uh, I, I have a good friend that's a plumber and they, he's who i use every time i have an issue <laughs> and i will say every time he comes he bring he pulls out some tool that i'm like what is that that is so cool and it usually pulls out like a blob of my hair out of the yeah. uh, pipe and then <laughs> then my problem's fixed and i'm like oh so my problem was that i have too much damn hair okay I know, yeah, I know. Too. Yeah, I clog every drain I, in the house. Yeah, with just I do too. hair. Just hair. hair. Yeah, I'm like, it's I, it didn't. I didn't really need to call a plumber. I didn't really need a plumber. Mm-mm. No, I just need to clean out my drains. But um, he. But I got to see him use a really cool like snake tool to like get it out. Anyway, that's probably a horrible example. But I'm just saying, like, it's not just in the online world where this the space changes. Yeah. But I will say that. Most of businesses are online these days, and so that's what a big change. This that alone is a huge big change. Well, and that I see people who just into. like who resist change. Yeah, like today, it's oh my goodness! Like Twitter replaced favorites with likes, and it was a star, and now it's a heart, and my life is over. <laughs> really, really, people like this is the thing that's made you so annoyed today. Like you couldn't. You can't handle that they changed one word and, like, just, a little image? You know... Like, it's just people resist it it's so people hard. Resist it. A lot of people are very uncomfortable with it because it's new, and so it's a new thing that they've got to try to master. And so when you feel like you've mastered your business and the way you do it and the way it runs and the people you have, and then someone throws a wrench into that, it can be very scary because you're yeah. like, but this system works. Don't mess it up. You know, don't don't mess with my system. Yeah. Even as small as, you know, a Facebook sticker or, you know, the, the little heart on Twitter now. Just that alone can send people in a panic. That drives me crazy because that's know. people being like, no, now it's your fault that I'm failing. I know, that I'm that's failing. pushing right. the blame right. outside. No, it doesn't matter. I think a true entrepreneur would look at that change and say, ooh, what can I do with this change that I haven't been able exactly. to do before? I look at it as... Ooh, this could be a really cool new opportunity. Like, for example, Facebook has this new image thing for when you up when you put in a link post, and we're still trying to figure out the carousel. How to use? Yeah, the carousel. We're trying to figure out. Ooh, what cool things can we do with that? Mm-hmm. Um, but so that's just one small example. But I say, when change comes and a new widget comes out or a new product comes out or just something in your space that comes out that's new and different and people are starting to use it pay attention and maybe get excited about it and think is this something that could elevate what i'm doing and be open-minded about it i think that once we just say oh no i can't handle it i can't look at another new thing then we can just i don't know close off ourselves to opportunities yeah i think this whole resistance to change is 
I don't know if it's a generational thing or if it comes from just a fear of, it could be a money thing. It could be a, I don't know, people like to feel safe and secure, but Mm. I think that if you're listening to this podcast, you might not be that kind of person. Probably not. You're probably a person who thrives on change and who is excited about change because change can mean new opportunities and change can mean more money and change can mean travel and change can mean, you know, differences in your business that make that make a difference in your life, in the lives of others to benefit them or to, you know, make something really cool happen that never would have happened before if you had gone, oh, a like button on Twitter? No, I got I'm yeah. quitting Twitter. <laughs> I'm quitting it today. You know, if you just quit everything that changed, even though it was working up until then, you're just, that's that's not going to go very well. <laughs> you're you're going to end up with nothing. <laughs> and it doesn't mean that you're not scared of it happening. Mm-hmm. We want you to be scared that you're doing it and that you don't really understand it yet. And it's new and scary. We, we, that's a, that's actually a good feeling. That means that you're pushing yourself, that you're challenging yourself to explore something you've never explored before. Because if you're in this comfort zone of what you know and you're always doing, you won't, you can't grow. You won't grow that way. You've got to have a little bit of fear and a little anxiousness about taking a leap, which we've talked about so many times in our shows. Yeah, again, it's that whole, you know, if you've always, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. So if, if you can't embrace change in that way and, you know, push through that fear that you're having, you're, you can't advance. Mm-hmm. You're going to have, you're going to have the same business and you might even end up going backwards in your business yes. because you yes. weren't willing to move forward in it, whether it's with new people or new technology or new tools, etc. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, I, I've, a really big change can be with your cash flow or mm-hmm. like the, the amount of jobs that you're getting as a mm-hmm. freelancer a steady income, all those sort of sorts of things can be extremely stressful because ultimately that's what we're wanting to do is make money. <laughs> that's why we want to explore it. We do like this cool, flexible business, but we want to make money to justify all the hard work that we're putting into it. Yeah. And, you know, as a freelancer, as a self-employed person, your income will probably fluctuate. I think that's just part of the gig. Yeah. And, and and then but how do you react to that and it's good to be mindful of why is it slow right now why am i not getting as many clients this year as i was last year what has changed and and not not making yourself the victim of well i guess no one wants to use me anymore i guess so and so took all the business you know yeah. instead of putting a blame on someone else or something or pushing away for yourself look inward and say what what can we do to increase our numbers? What can we do to increase our sales, get more clients, that sort of thing? Well, and, and how can I be inspired by the people who are doing better than me? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. not getting caught up by the people who are, I'm holding air quotes right now, which you can't see, but doing better than you because you don't know that they are. Just because their site says they have a million views per month, maybe that makes them no money. Maybe right. they don't have any clients. Maybe they just look good on the outside and right. maybe... You know, you don't know that story from people. So I think we've, I mean, we should probably do a whole pod, a whole podcast on the dangers of the whole comparison game because yes. I think we all fall victim to it. Yes. And you have to just 
you have to stop. Yeah. <laughs> it can be very stressful. I think it's good to watch and be mindful of what your yes. competitors are doing. But yes, you can become so consumed with, oh, I'm never going to do that. I'm not good enough. I'll never get to that level. I'll never make a video that looks that good. Or I never make a yeah. graphic that looks as beautiful and clean or whatever it is. And it's like neither did they the first time they did. Right. Like, it, it doesn't just happen because one day you magically can do that. You you lead up to that. You practice and, you know, all those things. We know these things, but there's emotions that come into play. We start yeah. doubting ourselves. And we don't want you to do that. But when it comes to cash flow, one of the things that Desiree and I believe in wholeheartedly is diversifying businesses. So that yeah. means that I know that in quarter one, my blogging business is going to be slow. It is every single year. It's a, it's a trend and it always comes back up, but I know that I need to do something else, especially more so in that time Mm -hmm. to help bump up my income for those months. So I have other businesses at play. And I also know blogging may not be around forever and ever and ever. And so I don't want to put all of my eggs into blogging. I don't want to put all of my eggs into essential oils. I don't want to put all my eggs anywhere. I want them spread out. A little bit, but not so much that I can't get any of the jobs done in, yeah. a, in the way I want to. Yeah. You need to have these different streams of income, especially as an indie parent, because if one craps out on you, you're done for. You can't. It's hard to recover from that. Yeah. If you have one big, big, big thing. And I think that it's important to, if you have two or three streams of income, which I believe you should then you should be looking every, you know, few months to see which is making you the most and where are you spending your most time? Are you spending the least amount of time on the thing that's making 80% of your income? Well, then how could you make that more? Or how could you make other parts of it more? How could you, you know, but it's, you can't spread yourself so thin that you can't, like Amy said, get it all done. But I think if you're, if you pour yourself into one business and it does not work and then you're left with nothing, that's a pretty horrifying feeling. <laughs> and it could be the same field of work, yeah. but just a different way of, of doing it. Because, I mean, a lot of our businesses sort of, like, overlap, and we have some, yeah. like, cross-promotion happening. That's I think that's smart um, it does, because you still have something to fall back on, but it's not so different. I mean, it's okay if you do something completely different, but it doesn't have to be, like, well, I'm a plumber, and I also deliver pizza, so those are my way of diversifying. It could be, like... I'm a plumber, but then I also do paperwork or accounting for other plumbers. I don't know. Whatever it is. Yeah. It's that somehow it could still be the same line of work, the same space and everything, but just in a different way so that the income is coming is a little bit different, that you you would be okay if, if one were to just fall off, which yeah. we never want to happen. But yeah. it could get slow. It could get dry in, in, in a certain business. And it's, it's good to not panic and think, oh, my gosh, I got to start something from scratch right away. Mm-hmm. That that puts too much pressure on yourself, and you'll never perform well, and you'll end up making mistakes. That and everything are... else gets put on the back burner. That was your mm-hmm. first priority, um, and I think you always have to be mindful again about where your time is spent. And I mean, the money thing can be either that you're having really slow months where there's not a lot of money come in coming in, or it could be, you know, you have such a big month that it's too much for just you to handle, and you can't actually get all the work done, and then you need to look into um, outsourcing things that you shouldn't be doing as the business owner, or you should be outsourcing other things that you need help with because it can go both ways. You can either be making not enough and working really hard, or you can be 
you have too many clients coming in all at once and having to figure out what parts of that you should be doing and what parts of it other people could be doing mm-hmm. um, while still making it worthwhile and serving your clients the be- in the best way possible. Right. I agree. So I guess what we're saying is don't panic when, when they, you have those dips in those slow months. Mm-hmm. Try to come up with a plan with how to, you can maybe level that out with another business or another way of doing what you're already doing. Mm-hmm. Or it's maybe even, we talked about this last week, even just exploring other ways to uh, make money because we talked about slow like the slow time of year last week like the yeah. winter months are usually a slow time of year for most businesses and so you know maybe it's a good time to explore something completely different that maybe you had been thinking about but you were too busy in your regular months to get to mm-hmm. or come up with a plan for when you do get busy again you know prepare for how can I maximize what I'm doing the rest of the year there's there's yeah. just so many ways you can use that time for good and not used for panic and, oh, my God, I'm never going to work again, which yeah. usually goes through my mind at least once. But then I try to oh, distract totally. myself to do something that does make money and then I don't think about I'm slow in this other area. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the indie parent world is very feast or famine, especially if you're doing more freelance style work because when it rains, it pours. And when it doesn't, mm-hmm. you feel pretty, pretty dry. Yeah. <laughs> and... and- it can be hard to ride that that wave. <laughs> it is hard, and I've I've done it for a very long time. But and you have to, if you especially if you're not in the habit of, okay, here's a here's a moment of feast. So maybe I should put something back, put something away, yeah. instead of like, okay, let's go to Disney World, and then I just well I'll worry about the other months later, you know. Yeah. Which I think sometimes <laughs> we do because we 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 work so hard, and yeah. then we get you should big, reward yourself. Yeah, but. yeah. I think that we like to say that. I deserve it. So yeah. I deserve to do this and that. But I also deserve to eat in January. So that's probably more important. Yeah. <laughs> it's about a little balance. We do think that you should, you know, reward yourself in moderation, you know, depending on what your average income is. You know, don't go crazy. But I know sometimes you get one big client, you get one big check, and you just think, I'm Woo-hoo. good for a long <laughs> time. And then you're like, oh, I should have, like, held some back. Oops. Yeah. So just, I, I, you know, it, it, that comes with practice and experience and it's, I, you know, I just don't want that to be a fearful thing because you can, you can actually use that to your benefit to have yeah. some slow months. So, well, I think that budgeting is your friend, especially mm-hmm. if like my partner, Rich coming from 12 years of getting a paycheck every single two weeks, covering all of your expenses, covering yeah. everything, being totally comfortable to having you know not having no idea where the money's coming from but not knowing week to week what's can be coming in and what new opportunities are coming and while it's always growing it's always different so it's Mm -hmm. been a big transition for him to go from that very consistent I know every single dollar every single I could plan six years ahead of time I know what my percentage my raise will be like you know he could have planned out the next 20 years but we can't do that right I mean all I know is it's going to get better and better because I just know because <laughs> that's just what I've decided. Yeah. And what I think that you should decide for your business. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, you should have an escape plan or you should have a this, you should have a that. I don't think you should have an escape plan. I think you should have the multiple streams of income because that's not a site. That's not an escape. That's a sidestep right. to the next thing that's working 
Yeah, and again, I, that could probably be a whole other episode. It, it is. <laughs> it is because I mean, budgeting is such a, a an important thing for a freelancer who's not getting a regular paycheck because you don't you don't really know how much you're getting every month, but you can, on average, figure out what that is based on what you made the year before and divide that by twelve. This is usually around the, the amount. Yeah. And and saving stuff back when you have extra. I think that's the, the most. And then you have the whole thing with taxes. And so it's, you know, it's, you're right. It's a whole different show. I just don't want people to be discouraged or fearful of when those months come because they yeah. will come as yeah. a freelancer. When you do have the really good months, we talked about sort of holding some of that income back. If you have things you can pay ahead, yes. go ahead and do that. If you can pay two months of your mortgage at once instead of one, do that. If you can pay two car payments, do that. Or at least put it into the savings account and actually don't touch it. Right. Because I'm sure we've all moved money to the savings account and then moved it back to do something fun because it was there and why not? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, trying to have some discipline because you know it's going to be better for you in the long run. And that, you know, sort of sustainability will help you build to the point where you don't have to worry so much about it because it is coming in regularly and you know that you have that access to treat yourself and your family because that's kind of what it's all about. And, you know, having any kind of financial issues with the business that you love can really slow down your momentum and your inspiration and your love for it. If it becomes such a stressful thing in your family that you don't even know if you can pay your bills, it's it's really hard to get inspiration and drive to keep... Keep at it. Yeah. And so try to avoid those situations where you're going to be discouraged. And that's a big one. Okay, lastly, we're going to talk about personal stuff. So we've talked a lot about business stuff. But as you know, personal relationships, health issues, all that good stuff carries over to our business. Yeah. I mean, even if you're not feeling well because you're having health issues and you can't perform the way that you used to, that's a huge change. Or if you have to be out for a month for medical reasons, like you have a yeah. surgery or something, that's a huge change. So, you know, it's 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 difficult because I could say, well, you should always, you know, be prepared for those changes. We don't always know what those changes are going to be to know to be prepared. But like we said earlier, having some kind of document or videos on employees training would be a huge thing. To, that you could always, it's like kind of like having an insurance policy on training. Yeah, a little virtual you stashed away. Yeah. Should you need it. It's even though I know that it would take a lot of time. It's something that would be so smart. And I'm not saying that I have it, mm-hmm. but um I think that Desiree and I are gonna work on it a little yeah. bit. Um, but it would be smart for all businesses to have something like that in place in case there is some kind of issue where you need to be gone. Yeah. I mean when I was in the hospital when I owned my store. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, barely coherent and still trying to answer text messages about how to use some of the things in my store because Ugh. we didn't have those things in place. And right. it was not No, good. that was not good, no. I mean, the people who helped me were absolutely phenomenal, but I could have been more prepared for something like that. Right. And I wish I had been because it would have been easier for them and it would have been easier for me right. to move forward like that. And instead, it was just like flailing. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the last thing you want to happen when you're ill or you have a family member that's ill and you have to be with them is that your business is now not making any money. <laughs> yeah. That's, you need it to make as much money or more money, probably, if you're in that situation. Yeah. You don't get sick days as an indie parent. You no. don't have I mean, you, we have vacation in, you may days. have insurance you, and, and, and yeah. health insurance and things like that. 
But time away from your business is always going to cost you. And if it's some kind of health issue, no matter if you have great insurance, there's always going to be money attached to more money that you need now to assist with that. Money and time. Or maybe your, your partner or spouse can't work. And so you've, you know, there's just a million scenarios. And so the best thing to do is to try to prepare as much as you know how to for that possible moment. And mm-hmm. that's not that's not saying that you live in fear that something bad's going to go wrong all the time. Yeah, of course not. But change happens all the time and we have to be able to be somewhat prepared for it to happen. And, you know, so I think that that's probably the best advice I'd give for like personal and health you know issues is that to have some kind of um, archive or resources in place for your team yeah. in case you have to be gone. And even for like if you're a t- if you have a team member that needs to be gone too, how how is that being covered as well? It might not exactly. always be the leader that's gone. And I think that we have to talk about self care a little, mm-hmm. which we have talked about before. Yes. And you know, if you're not taking care of yourself, you will a burn out, mm-hmm. b start to hate your work. Because it's this is how it's making you feel because you're either underslept or you haven't been eating well or you haven't been exercising properly. And I know that that's happening to me right now. I've just mm-hmm. made a commitment to go back to my yoga practice and it starts tomorrow. Awesome. And I knew that I needed to do that for myself because I haven't – I need to slow down. I like yeah. I need I need that time for that mental inward as you know, hippie esque as it kind of sounds, mm-hmm. I need that slowing down moment. Yes, and I knew that it would be good for my body and my mind. Mm-hmm. So yoga is the way that I'm going to go with that because I have a hard time just stopping. I'm yeah. probably never going to go in the middle of my day as much as I want to to go and walk the dog or to go for a walk around the park because I'm like, no, I can't. I have to be right doing something else. Like I'm, I have a hard time slowing down in that respect. Even when we, you know, would go to the trailer to to be off for a weekend, I I suck at like stopping. Like I have to really yeah, yeah. be conscious about it, and I think that this will help me. So that's another way to sort of deal with that fear of you know what if something happens to me. It's like well, take care of yourself better than you right. are now because no matter what you're doing, you could probably be doing something better. Whether mm-hmm. it's sleeping more, eating better, getting up and moving, something like mm-hmm. that, doing something for yourself, even if it's like reading a good book, just doing something that gives you a little mental clarity and a break so that you're not always thinking about work. Cause I think as an indie parent, it's always on your mind because mm-hmm. you probably work from home in many cases and you probably have that, that association. So it's hard to get away from it. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think even that the self care helps you be a better leader. It mm-hmm. helps you be more inspired to try new things. It opens your mind, all of those things. If you're so deep in work all the time, the, always go like go 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 you sort of lose momentum you lose new ideas you lose that spark and then i you kind of lose your skills in elite being a leader too i think or a teammate or whatever what have you i had a very 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 busy october probably the busiest month i've ever had in my career with not only just travel travel alone would have been okay i would it would have been busy but on top of that, I I filmed like two brand videos, which were all day deals. And then I produced myself like eight food recipe videos. 
two for mom's bark and five for a client. No, make that six. I made nine. Anyway, it was a lot. (laughs) And on top of that, I had some huge projects, like huge, huge projects for brands. And did like three Twitter parties. I don't know what was happening, but... Oh, and then I also did something very, very top secret that I can't even talk to you about. But I just let me tell you that it was a huge, huge, huge project. So every weekend, I was either gone from home or I was traveling or I was doing some really huge, huge thing. And I have to tell you, like, this last weekend was the first weekend. It was Halloween weekend. And we still had a lot of, like, personal busy things going on. But it was the first time that I had slowed down in a, in a while. And then it hits you, like it kind of breaks your life. Whoa. (laughs) I was like, I had no idea. I mean, I knew that I was busy, but I had no idea. Like physically, Mm -hmm. I felt like my body completely shut down. Like I felt sort of like, not not incoherent, but like out of it, like just spacey in a haze. And I do think I was probably getting some kind of sickness and my immunities were low and, and all that good stuff. I was so exhausted that I couldn't even... I couldn't even get up out of bed unless I had to, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just, it was a good, it was a good reminder of the self-care thing, but I, it, it's very difficult because you, as a, as a employed parent, you want to provide for your family and you want to, you don't want to miss out on work and uh, potential work and big projects that you can work on and this and that. Yeah. It's, I know it's very difficult. But it's, well, and it's, it's funny so necessary to take yeah. a break. And well, sometimes maybe, you need that reminder, right? You need to yes. be like, oh, right. Yeah. I oh, yeah. should have slowed down. And exactly. I mean, Amy and I were like biz besties, I guess. And we we tend to start talking to each other like in the morning. You know, mm-hmm. we're getting the kids ready for school. We're probably messaging on Facebook. I know that it was like two days where I didn't talk to Amy and I was like, something is wrong. Yeah. (laughs) This is weird that she hasn't popped up or that, you know, like we haven't. Yeah. And yeah. So stuff like that. It's like you start to, I was like, I couldn't even, I couldn't even function. (laughs) I know. I couldn't, I I couldn't even function and I couldn't even process anything anyone was telling me. (laughs) Like I was just so spent and it takes a lot. I mean, I could push myself pretty hard. I can. And I shouldn't, yeah. but I can. And I did. And I went to the limit of what I can possibly do, where I couldn't even, like, get out of bed because I was so tired. And I could just – I feel like I could have just slept the entire weekend. <laughs> with, yeah. with, even with the extra hour, like, great, give it to me. I need it. I, it's not going to affect anything. I'm still going to sleep right through as long as you'll let me sleep, you know. Yeah. So it, it was a good reminder. And – and I know that all the hard work that I did in October will be awesome, and I'll reap those rewards. But man, I tell you, it was way too much. It was it was way too much. I will admit, and I'm ready for things to slow down because I feel I feel so I think everything feels very chaotic right now at home. Yeah. Uh, if you could see me on Skype right now, my my office is I can't even explain it. It is there's there's stuff everywhere from. Mm-hmm guests staying and my kids and me just not being able to pick up after myself, which is not like me at all. And so um, I think that that's, that's always going to be a part of my life. And so I've got to figure out, like, how do I react to that? What do I do to change it moving forward or tweak it a little bit so that it doesn't get to be that bad? Because that was bad. <laughs> yeah. And I think we all, we totally all hit those moments. And I think it's a good 
lesson. It, it teaches is. us what we can handle and what we can't, should mm-hmm. we need to. And I've, I've done it too. I mean, the last two months, I probably haven't gone to bed before 1 or 2 a.m. because I'm up working. Right. And I shouldn't be doing that. I mean, I need to work toward not mm-hmm. working at night, which right. is going to be a big accomplishment yeah. for me. <laughs> um, but I know that it will it will help because exactly. I hate when it's, you know, it's at night and Rich and I should be hanging out yeah. like people do <laughs> or right. watching a movie or just chilling together. And instead we're both like face to the computer. Like, yes. This, this, it, we can't go on like that for, yeah. for too long. Right. But in what's technically the first year of our new business together, mm-hmm. it's, you just have to, sometimes yeah. you just, you have to for right. the benefits later. Right. And, you know, take a day off when you can, you know, I've, I've let my daughter stay home from school once or twice in the last month because she's exhausted too. And she mm-hmm. needs a break and I need a break. So, you right. know, it, thankfully we have the ability to be able to do that. So, right. Yeah. Take care of yourself. <laughs> Embrace change. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. Thank you for listening to what I can't believe is episode five of Crazy. the second season. I feel like it's the second one. Like this, <laughs> I, well, I can't believe that 2015 is going to be over soon. I mean, we're only at the beginning of November, but we know that it's a quick slide into January from here. Um, there's already Christmas decorations up, you know, it's, it's coming (laughs) and I'm excited, but yes, it is coming. So that is all for episode five, season two of the Indie Parent Podcast. And you can find a new episode every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern on our blog talk radio site. You can find us at theindieparent.com. And I would love for you guys, and Amy would love for this too, if you could snap a picture of wherever you're listening to this podcast, not if you're driving, please don't take pictures when you're driving, but, you know, stop and snap a picture of your office. We want to see your indie parent, you know, air quotes office. Where are you working today? What are you working on? Pop it on Instagram or Twitter. Use the hashtag hash indie parent, and we will retweet it and probably pop it in our next blog post because we want to feature you guys doing your indie parent work so that we can really show off this awesome community that you guys have formed around this uh, this notion of being an indie parent because we're getting awesome feedback. It's an honor to have awesome people like you listening to us and sharing our stories and sharing your stories and we just want to keep that going. So thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye.